everyone, it's Chloe, and I'm so excited to share something fabulous with you, Vogue's first ever global fashion community, Vogue Club. Our members get to mingle with Vogue editors, yes, including me, and fellow fashion enthusiasts at exclusive events around the world. And that's just the start. Membership opens doors to the fashion industry, bringing you expert career advice and insider style and beauty tips. What are you waiting for? Head over to Vogue.com membership to join. And here's a little treat. Use code TRT20 and snag 20% off your membership. That's TRT20 for 20% off your ticket to Vogue Club. Are you in? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. This podcast is supported by Macy's. Mother's Day is May 12th, and Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Shop by price, 25 and under to 100 and under category like fragrances and handbags or gift lists like for the mom who has everything or for grandma. Macy's has all the hottest gift ideas like Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, Samsung smart TVs, and more. Go to macy's.com slash gift finder to shop. That's macy's.com slash gift finder today. This is the run through. I'm Cho Minardi. <coughs> And I'm Chloe Mal. <laughs> Excuse my happy cough. Happy America. <laughs> happy happy American- cold season in America. I know. I know. Well, happy American Thanksgiving. Isn't that coming up too? Oh, it's today. Sorry. Now I'm here. It means nothing to me. Ah, I'm in doing? Virginia. And okay. uh, I'm with my in-laws. And, you know, there's just a lot of classic Thanksgiving food happening. We're all actually. I'm so jealous. Yeah. I want a day off. Uh, we're doing a turkey trot, um, oh. picking a lot of things up from the grocery store pre-made, which I'm a big fan <laughs> of, um, and yeah, crisp fall okay. situation. Sounds super fun. So on today's episode, we have a conversation with a really fabulous director who we both adore. I know. Truly, if you're looking for something to watch with your family this weekend, we have tips. So excited. Emerald Fennell, the fabulous writer, director, and actor, talks to us about her film, Saltburn, which we had the chance to see, and it is spectacular. Oh, it was just so, so good. And I cannot wait for you guys all to go see it. We're actually going to go right into the interview because we want to keep the spoilers out of this conversation because you know how I am. Not very good with spoilers. (laughs) So I think it's better that Chloe and I just, you know, we keep the conversation to a minimum. So you should be safe to listen if you haven't seen the film yet. Oh my God. Well, we all saw Saltburn last night and all I can say is congratulations. It's one of the best films I've seen in ages. I was just... <sighs> I'm so excited for, every, uh, we for were, the world to we see it. We were laughing, just... we were gasping. Like, you know, when it's just like, there's so much... It's a lot. ...audience reaction because we were all giggling. It was <laughs> it was so good. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad you guys liked it. We How are it. you feeling now that it's sort of being absorbed in the world? I mean, I think it's it's always a funny one because you 
you spend so much time with something, yeah. especially if you if you you know you write it as well. You've you've been living with it. It's like introducing your you know camp boyfriend to. to <laughs> I mean, by by which I mean like summer camp. It's Not like, campy. Well, I mean, both would be terrific. Uh, but yeah, it's like kind of finally introducing that person to your friends and your parents and then being like, what do you think? It's got some of that feeling. I mean, I think the thing with this movie is just like, I'm really, really proud of it. And I can say that as well, because everyone who worked on it is so amazing that, you know, I'm just so proud of them too and and what we all made. And so... I'm kind of less anxious than I was last time about it because I with just... With Promising Young Woman. With Promising Young Woman, exactly. Because uh, I think, you know, with this movie, I, I guess it may be a little bit divisive or there may be some people that, <laughs> f- you know, for for whom it's like a little bit extreme. But but I love it. So I'm not... <laughs> Me too. So, you know, I, I, and I think it's for the people who love it. Yeah. And the people who don't, that's kind of fine too. So yeah, I'm When I'm, how long have you been working on it? I mean, when was the the beginning? Um, I've been thinking about it for maybe 6, 7 years. Oh wow, okay. Um, so and, you've really been living with Oliver Quick. Oh yeah, but I am <laughs> Oliver Quick. You know. I was about to say, I was like, what how did your experience at at Ox- I mean, Oxford's such a you know, they they all have different vibes, different experience and what it's like to apply even and what it's like to to go to school there. It's just a completely yeah. weird experience. And I was kind of surprised that so much fun was happening because a lot of people <laughs> I visited at Oxford just left virgins. Like they weren't having fun. <laughs> Look, hey, here's the thing. Here's the thing. No comment. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I mean, the film makes it seem kind of very, I think prob- probably there was a lot more sort of studying and kind of less highfalutin sexy stuff. I mean, I went in... 2006, which is where the bulk of this film is set. And I was really, you know, look, I was lucky. I really loved it. Um, I had some, you know, I have wonderful friends and, 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 but, but really it was kind of, it is, it's an archaic place and an archaic system. And it makes total sense that so many books and so much Mm. literature and so many films are based around the kind of you know, the Brides Had Revisited or or even, you know, the secret history set here or Jude the Obscure even. Like there's a there is a subgenre. Inspector Morse, my well, personal favorite. Indeed. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, there's there's a sub sort of genre really of the Gothic tradition of people who kind of, you know, wanted to be in this place and then found they were kind of somehow rejected by it mm. at the same time. And I think really it was just about I wanted to make something about wanting to be someone and about that thing that we all have now constantly you know especially with Instagram and everything of looking at other people's lives and just thinking like how do I get in how do I be that person Mm. and it just felt like a really kind of great jumping off point and I and I always like to play with genres that people are familiar with you know Mm. it's a very familiar well, it's like a very subversive take on a sort of – it's like Brideshead deranged. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Meets Ripley, meets yeah. Euphoria, meets Parasite. I mean, there's a lot of things happening here. Yeah, there's, a lot, there's a lot going on. And I think – but that's that's what the fun stuff is, right? It's kind of squeezing something until it, you know, explodes, I guess. And, you know, I love that it's set in 2006. And I think that gives such a great – 
cast to the whole thing. I mean, the Livestrong bracelet mm-hmm. was a delight, and the 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 the, the, the eyebrow piercing, the eyebrow ring. Oh. I, Oh, I, I love Venetia's. So Did you? Hard for the eyebrow piercing. Interesting. Why? So important. Well, because I think if you are a if you're a girl who grew up in 2006, <laughs> the eyebrow piercing is an absolute slam dunk. It's a must. <laughs> but I think for some of the like male producers, they were like, "Why would you?" Like, Jacob Elordi is the most beautiful man in the world. Why would you, like, ruin it? I was like, ruin it. (laughs) (laughs) You've never been a 16-year-old girl, you monsters. (laughs) I I really fought hard for it because, yeah, all of that stuff is just so great. Oh, yeah, and sorry, you were saying Venetia. Oh, she's, like, in this, like, hideous metallic club kid outfits with the chipped black nail polish. I mean, it's just, it's all (laughs) perfect. But it somehow makes it really... A very specific period piece. Yeah. Uh, how, why did you decide to do it, you know, 15 years ago or tw- almost 20 years ago? Now? Yeah, almost 20 years ago. Well, I think f- firstly it's that the kind of framing narrative of the movie, which mm. is kind of part of the tradition, I guess, of like somebody recounts something mm. that happened to them, you know, years before that kind of changed their life. So there was always – it always needed a kind of certain time period to have like passed between Mm. now and then. So there was that. But also, you know, 2006 isn't cool. 2006 slash 7 isn't cool Mm. again. And it's important and kind of humanizing, I think, when you're dealing with beauty. If it had been set now, it would have just looked like a – you know, fashion shoot. And mm. if it had been set, and if it's set in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, whatever, yeah. even 80s, 90s, yeah. it has this kind of cool feeling. What is great about the kind of recent, super recent past is you can kind of, it sort of renders everyone, no matter how rich and glamorous, a little bit sort of human, you know. And and then clothes-wise, it's a great mixture because we were really lucky. We we had lots of people. It was really important that particularly for, for Venetia and for Elspeth, the mother played by Rosamund Pike. Oh, she was brilliant. Sublimely oh. by, oh, mm. by Rosamund Pike. Um, that they are like right at the front. They know everyone, you know, they, they get sent clothes, all that kind of stuff. We talked a lot about like Pamela Hogg's mm. um, jumpsuits uh, and all of that sort of stuff. And, and Christopher Kane incredibly kindly sent us his first, um, the kind of archive pieces from his first show. Oh, wow. Oh, that's great. Yeah, which, which Carrie Mulligan, who plays poor dear Pamela, wears at <laughs> breakfast, of course. And <laughs> yes, it's true. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, so yeah. Funny. And so kind of for those for those of us that like are really super into those kind of fashion details, it's it's really fun. If Who did the costumes? She's called Sophie Canale. And okay. she's And she's brilliant. It's that kind of perfect, again, it's, you know, it's just the, the combination of period detail, a.k.a., People were wearing two polo shirts with the collar popped. No, it's do it's we remember? I mean, can we all remember the <laughs> oh, time? Oh, we can. The tiny scarf, <laughs> the jingly jangly earring, the yes. bumpet quiff. <laughs> it's tough going back. I mean, the Let only me person you. who looked like they could be stylish today is Farley in his like Bodhi kind of vibe. Yeah, he's totally Bodhi. Yeah, totally. I think that was the thing as we were looking for him. Also, he's from New York. Right, right, like, right. Like he goes to right, school here, but he's right. from New York, so it's a bit and so cooler than all the of his stuff is kind of vintage. You know, loafers, kind of almost preppy, sort of, um, but then mixed in with that kind of indie sleaze that people had it's coming time. back again <laughs> I cannot believe Indy Sleaze is back like me save neither. save me I, I can't do Let's it hide I cannot <laughs> well I mean some of the scenes at the Saltburn estate this I mean just the maze the, the like going through the house that tour of the house when he arrives and the door opens <laughs> when we first get there yeah Felix does a tour of the house and 
And the thing that was so important to us is that, like, because so much of this is about, like, how we fetishize this yeah. kind of, mm. these houses. And, and just how, for people who haven't seen the film yet, this is a grand British estate in like the... It, in the canon of or in the tradition of High Castle. Castle. Right, it's, right, right, it's, right, it's very right. much a, a great estate that we're looking at, which is a delight. So when Oliver arrives, you know, Oliver's a kind of normal guy. He's actually come from quite a sort of distressing background. And and Felix just kind of, they become friends. Uh, Felix loves him, invites him to come and stay for the summer. And when Oliver arrives, he's like, oh, holy shit. And so we have this tour of the house where Felix is kind of barefoot in a like rumpled pastel yellow linen top. And he takes us through this house, which is extraordinary. And the kind of thing that we wanted to do was one long shot through this house, but also that we're not really looking at the house. Mm. We're looking at Felix. Yeah. And so he gives us the details. And so the details are things like, you know, this is the red staircase. This is George Seventh's cabinet. But it's also, you know, this is where I fingered, accidentally fingered my cousin. It's um, so, no, it's hideous, so good. Oh, there's some hideous oh, Rubens. So hideous Rubens. Oh, hideous Rubens. Spectacular. <laughs> blue <laughs> room. It's blue. <laughs> my favorite is he points, when he points, I mean, honestly. The teddy bear was kind of cute. Jake is the teddy bear. is amazing. <laughs> so as as we go past, we, you know, he points at all of these old portraits and just says, dead really, dead really. <laughs> and you're just like, I mean, just what a, deli- what a line delivery. He's so, he's so wonderful. So wonderful. I mean, so, is it a world that you're familiar with? I mean, up to a point, like, like with all of this stuff, when I was thinking about making the film in general, I was thinking about like you know could it be set in the Hamptons mm. could it be set in one of those like weird compounds in Malibu you know because this is about kind of getting in to something that's impossible to get into mm. but I think that the British class system and that British aristocracy has been so effectively exported mm. as a kind of delicious mm-hmm. entertainment that we are all of us up to a point internationally familiar with the rules, you know? Yeah. So it definitely needed something like that that we all could be like, ooh, you know, when when we see Duncan, the butler, like, a, an eye flicker just ever so slightly, we know that the gravest faux pas has just been made. <laughs> it's definitely a world that is, like, endlessly fascinating and I, you know, have, like, some acquaintance with, but not on that scale. The run-through will be back in just a moment. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts, only from NPR. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? Maybe a chef-grade range made you want to hone your cooking skills or a high-tech tennis racket made you want to work on your backhand. I recently bought a new pair of running shoes and that made me love hitting the pavement again. Well, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. 
Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. And we're back. The cast is incredible. Jacob Elodie, I mean, Rosamund Pike, when I think Carrie Mulligan, it was just such a joy to watch all of their performances. But you realize that none of them are actually that likable, you know, and I've heard you say before that um, you, the, the, you you say your favorite thing is to have sympathy with the devil. Um, is that what you're doing with these characters? The only thing that's ever interesting to me is is to remind myself constantly how unaware we are of ourselves and how in denial we are about who we are. You know, someone like Elspeth, for example, is honest about some things. She has a horror of ugliness, mm. you know. And so it's kind of always about where where are the tensions between our intent and our and our actual actions mm. and, and to what extent are those forgivable? Mm. And so, you know, with every character, I don't think anyone's interesting, honestly, unless they're, I mean, flawed is sort of, Flawed is such a kind of, it's not quite the right word, unless there's kind of active tension that we are not, also that we're not consistent characters. Do you know what I mean? Mm, Like every day we all say stuff that would like, you know, if you were making a sort of TV drama, you'd be like, that's not consistent with the character. And you're like, well, nothing is consistent with anyone because we're all mad. I think it also speaks to, you know, an exaggerated version of things we've all felt and thought and... Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't want to give things away, but certain people in the film exaggerate certain parts of their backstory. Everyone's lying all the time. Yes. Everyone is lying all the time. And so the thing that I always feel is like, well, why? Mm. Just to some degree, just to get by in our lives, there has to be a certain amount that that all of us, that there's suspension of disbelief, you know, Mm. whether it's the way that we interact with each other every day or even when you're making a film for people and you're kind of asking them to accept that, these things are, you know, that they're real and not real. We're all kind of engaged in in these sort of, yeah, in, in a kind of lie that we're all complicit in just because, you know, if somebody says, you know, you look amazing and you know you don't, <laughs> you just believe them. Sure. You know, you have to because we all have to let the, the lie kind of carry us along, I think, to yeah. make society functional. Well, I also read that, that your childhood dream was to live in America and write stories about murder. Nice segue there. <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> I mean, it's so, do you know what? It's, there's a kind of single-mindedness to that that is demented um, that my husband was like, because when my my mother videotaped me went for my, I think she used to videotape me and my sister on our birthdays and ask us about, you know, what we'd like to do and what we would do. Oh, that's a nice idea. I yeah, should do that. In, I mean, unfortunately, she stopped doing it. She forgot to do it after about nine. So we don't <laughs> have very much. But yes, I mean, uh, 
But it was it, brilliant. And she found one of the tapes and she found my tape from when I, yeah, I think I was six or seven. And she said, you know, what do you like? What do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I, I said, I want to live in America and write stories about murder. Oh my <laughs> and my husband saw it and was like, shit, you know, because it is just a preoccupate, like it's a single preoccupation always the thing of a lot of parents being called in by the teachers about creative writing assignments that had become you know they're like this is about what you did on your summer holiday <laughs> why there's so many dead dead people <laughs> you know but so uh, I, I I don't know I guess God, did just, your parents have put you in therapy <laughs> they were kind of weirdly cool with it unfortunately. I love it <laughs> yeah terrible but you know it's just it's kind of that that's the that's my sort of my love you know all of those you know the brontes and 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 you know i i kind of just grew up reading very unage appropriate books and movies and just love what it. were some movies that you watched as a kid that you were like yes that's what i want to do oh my god i mean labyrinth oh, okay i mean labyrinth labyrinth oh, that movie I've Jared never seen the it. Goblin oh, you've never King. seen it. Oh, you've what? got to watch it. Oh, it's so good. I, the thing is, it's one of those ones that I don't know if you watched it as an adult. It, if it would have yet. the same effect, you know, because yeah. maybe it would still, but it's so frightening. And I just think that thing of like, as a kid watching A, David Bowie as Jared the Goblin King in some very tight trousers. <laughs> as, as somebody that you recognize as a baddie, but you also are supposed to fancy. I suppose it was the first time that experience of like what this whole movie is about, which is like, oh, I'm not supposed to, but I want to, you know? <laughs> and it's kind of, and I'm terrified of puppets. So it really is a is very effective <laughs> horror for me. And, you know, all of the, just, just, um, I think I, I really loved growing up as a teenager. I was super, super into like Stealing Beauty and yeah. The Dreamers and Talented Mr. Ripley, all of those oh, like The great Dreamers movie. was such a moment. Oh yeah. my god. And then of course Cruel Intentions. I mean yes. right. of course. The the masterwork. <laughs> I mean, my favorite, my remaining although I watched it again recently and I was like yeah, there are some things in here that maybe wouldn't pass quite past muster now. But but in general, that that thing of I think when when I was growing up, when we were all growing up, there was that kind of like hot summer movie. Mm. And so that I really kind of wanted to make something that felt like that, that made something that will make people feel the way I felt when I was watching those movies when I was a teenager. I've been admiring your ring. <laughs> oh, uh, did you? Is that one of your dad? Your dad's a jewelry designer. My dad's a jewelry designer. So yeah, he's. Is that one of his pieces? Yeah. So so he's he's called Theophanel. Do a bit of, <laughs> look. Do a bit of family um, family Just family, family ad, promos. Um, that's Theophanel.com. Um, <laughs> it's really it's very very so lovely ring. This is well. This is my engagement ring, which is so precious. And then on the other hand. Um, is it's an archive it's an archive piece of his i think from 1992 it's how would it, it's 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 gorgeous because it's it's kind of um it's got blue enamel and there's a beautiful sapphire and then it has um it's it's quite a thick band so it has like a nice weight to it which yeah. i love about a ring i i like a chunky ring I it's love your gorgeous ring. thank mm. you um very beautiful stone 
Wait, so your poor husband, though, did he have to consult your father about making <laughs> yeah, the engagement ring? Work? Yeah. So, yeah, so of course he had to tell my father. And then, and then my father, of course, immediately told my mother. So everyone was like, okay. uh, uh, everyone was waiting. And I just, I really had no idea. Um, and it was very lovely. But, it, but actually, I think it's kind of extra special because the stones are, some of the stones are from my grandmother's engagement ring oh nice and it's got you know our initials in it my father makes he sort of makes one-off pieces really that are personal and my son loves it he's already getting into the jewelry so is I'm he? very yeah How he old loves he? it he's four. Oh my god and he just he's <laughs> maybe he's, he got the jewelry gene. i know maybe he's going to take over the family firm <laughs> um he's yeah. like holding up a magnifying glass <laughs> oh, no, he's absolutely <laughs> lo- no the worst was that i had a shower and it was it was running around and and he went to school and um nursery and I got home and I was like where are my rings because I'd taken them off to have a shower and I was like oh my god I looked everywhere I was freaking I, hate I was that like feeling and I was like hang on and I called the nursery and I said could you check my son's pockets and he had oh them. my god and he'd only taken them because he you know he obviously he's tiny he's three or something and he loved them but. God, I mean, tiny Oliver ooh, Twist. He's look, he's just a little, you know. And look, fair play to him. Like quite right. Beautiful shiny things. Yeah, yeah. reach for Start it. Start stealing from your mom early. Start wearing her clothes super soon. Well, I'm curious. You have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Mm. How on earth are you making this schedule work? I want to die. <laughs> Asking for a friend. As yeah, two well, under four. Hello. So you're exactly the same. Do you have them? No, no, but I'm... She hears a lot about... I, and, and they're adorable. They're adorable. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know how she does it. They're adorable... Let's just be honest. 50% of the time. But you're really? so 50? efficient. Good for you. Do you That's think it's high. made you more efficient? Because I think... I mean, I think Chloe is highly efficient in everything she does, but I almost feel like you have to be more kind of... As a creative person, my brain is just like, woo, there's no way of like being, okay, now I have an hour window to do something Everyone creative. says that, that you're more productive when you're after you have kids, but I find that I just am more resentful because I'll finally start working and then it's like, ah, oh, shit, I gotta go. <laughs> it is impossible. It's impossible, you know? It, it is, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like, because I'm like you, my, my brain is... It's like, I mean, it's like somebody's shot me. It's like my brains are literally all over the walls. I can't, I can't, I can't multitask. All those, the, the lies that they sold. They're like, but you're so good at multitasking, you women. And you're like, what? No. no. It's just because we've been forced to forever. We can't any better than anyone else. It's really, really, really difficult. And I think that, um, yeah, there's sort of a lot of pressure on people to be like, breezy about it and I think it's important it's important well a few things are important to say like it's doable Mm. you can do it you can do it people do much much harder jobs than mine you know and possibly yours um you know I don't know I don't know necessarily (laughs) absolutely right thank you for hedging (laughs) just in case um you had another I'm the president of the free world (laughs) yeah exactly but so I think that's the thing is that like women are doing this under dire circumstances so I should just like caveat but like it's a very complicated difficult thing but it also creatively I don't know how you feel you know I think I was frightened in a creative job that it would sort of numb that side of things there's always what, what is it? it was I can't remember who said it but you know nothing worse for creativity than um the pram in the hallway yeah and you're like fuck Who's, you who said oh, that some guy oh god wow. i think him. some guy maybe a woman in which case good for her <laughs> but if a man boo you know it's like 
it's that it is that thing that you're kind of convinced you're you're told that it's going to kind of suck the life out of you in some way. For me, it's felt totally the opposite. It's made me feel like so visceral, so human, mm. so like sort of aware of my body in a different way. And so it's so existentially troubling having children. It's so frightening. You're living on the edge of terror all the time. I don't know. There, there's there's something diminishingly infantilizing about having children um, that people kind of push on you. And then you're like, oh, they do this to diminish it because it's the most it's the most hardcore, disgusting, violent, frightening, visceral thing you can do. Yeah. And it kind of makes you actually, I felt like now I've never been more interested in going to the kind of places that maybe I wouldn't have gone before because I just feel I'm kind of ready. Yeah. It just makes you aware of the the children. I mean, this sounds so naff, but the children that we all are, how flawed, how difficult it is to be alive in the world, how much we have to cover up every day because when they cry about something, you think that's the right reaction that's the right reaction completely i wish i could cry but i'm just too used up and tired already but and you see them and every time now i see like a businessman i'm like you're just a little baby you are just a a toddler with a volcano of emotions i know that you've stamped that you've like blocked up yeah i want i forgot we haven't asked you about your, what's your look going to be for oh the Oh my press gosh, tour? we haven't even gotten to fashion. I know, we we're, we have one minute. Press tour vibe is going to be witch, evil, unapproachable, <laughs> business sex witch. <laughs> love we it. Love I that. kind oh of want, I just, it's really difficult because when you're a female director, there's this thing of kind of like, it's a, there's, it's a really difficult to work out what the outfit could be because you're like, yeah, it's, 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 it's sort of interesting. It's like you either get to wear like a suit, yeah. like a man, right. or, or there are just like, you know, the the dresses that are right. really for kind of like if you're an actor and mm. you're wanting to kind of go to Venice and have like a big fashion moment, trying to find the like in between of right. like, yes, I'm a serious woman in my own right. Please take me seriously. <laughs> but also like, but also think I'm. <laughs> I love a feather. <laughs> but I love a feather and a little <laughs> glitter and I can't help myself. So look, it, it's God knows what it's going to be. The answer is, is whatever kind person wants to like <laughs> wedge this kind of old crone into Sort designers of listen something. up yes designers we have a, do you we need have a, a ragged there's a ragged crone she needs she needs dressing don't make me dress myself I don't know what the fuck I'm doing well Emerald thank you so so much this has been we a real joy loved seeing the movie oh my and god I, I can't wait for the rest of the world to see me it. too me mm. too I'm telling everyone about it mm. thank you guys so much it's such an it's an honor to be here <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's it for today's episode. See you next time. Bye. The Run Through Evoke is a production of Condé Nast Entertainment. The show is produced by Susie Lechtenberg, Chelsea Daniel, and Alex John Burns. It's engineered by Jake Loomis and Gabe Kiroga and mixed by Mike Kutchman. See you soon. Bye. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. Do you ever see a new face or name on your news feeds and say, who the heck is that? Our podcast, Who Weekly, is everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Think of us as your cheat code to People Magazine, your glossary for Hollywood, a shortcut to understanding pop culture at large. 
For the past eight years, Who Weekly has been telling listeners everything they need to know about the celebrities they don't. The New Yorker says we spelunk deep into the demimonde with convivial delight. That's a direct quote. Mostly, we're going to explain to you Irish star Barry Keoghan's sudden rise to fame and relationship with a not-so-under-the-radar pop princess named Sabrina. The fake wedding Real Housewives star Cynthia Bailey had to promote a limo rental company. And why all the Gen Zers you know are talking about a guy named Benson Boone. Each episode goes deep into the biggest celebrity stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we answer the most burning celebrity queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com. AI is making waves in every field it touches. President Biden is now on TikTok and the election draws closer each day. With so much going on in the world, it is hard to keep up with it all, let me tell you. Hi, I'm Kai Rizdal, the co-host of Make Me Smart. It's a podcast from Marketplace. And every weekday, Kimberly Adams and I break down the latest in business and the economy with short daily episodes to make it easy for you to stay in the know. Listen to Make Me Smart wherever you get your podcasts.